You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Stupid Questions. Uh, we've got another awesome guest on the show today, and we're just going to get right into it and not waste any more of uh, your your precious time or my guest's precious time. So I'm going to introduce him right now. Emmett Montgomery is on the show. Hello, Emmett. He- hello. I just waved. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> that was... Uh... I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in Utah. Uh connecting with uh, some people i haven't seen for a while uh figuring out what i want to be uh when i grow up <laughs> aren't we all yeah. <laughs> um you know it's it's been interesting uh the compare and contrast from from here in seattle um little things like the width of the road um, <laughs> roads are so wide here and uh, it's mini, minivan, yeah. minivan size. Well, roads. I think initially, like, wasn't Salt Lake planning for those, those just big ass ox carts, right? Yeah. And so then the trend just. Well, we got. Does this fix? Does this fit two ox carts here? Well, yeah, sure. There we go. And then it just works out because if if everyone here is going to have a large car full of human beings, just keep the ox cart rule, which. <laughs> Which makes sense, but then also just, you know, the quality of mountains. It's a lot greener out there, but it's just every everywhere you look, in the distance, there's something gorgeous here. And uh, Do the, mount- the mountains are, I actually love the mountains here. It's one of the things that keeps, kind of keeps me here. I get a physical reaction when I get off that plane and I see it, and it's... I mean, there's a lot of ghosts here for me, but the mountains. And then there's just stuff you forget, like uh, crickets. <laughs> oh, boy. They're just just something something so wonderful about the crickets and the heat. And it's just, I don't know. So it's it's been, it's, it's been good. I've been mainly focusing, uh, hanging out with uh, my nephew and, and, and trying to get some writing and some work done. That's um, awesome. So, and you're you're originally are you originally from Utah? I know you lived here at some point, but I don't know if it was you. Oh you yeah, grew up yeah. Here. I'm 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 from Utah Valley. I I I grew up in Orem. My dad taught at BYU. You know. And, oh wow. Does he still teach at BYU? Or, no, he's no? he's retired. Good. So. What was he? What did he teach? He was a history history teacher, and he's mainly a linguist, so he speaks about nine languages. And wow! He, when I was growing up. He spent some time in other countries on various research grants. Um, but yeah, you know, and I uh, he was the first BYU professor to get divorced, uh, so there was a little bit of stigma there. So my mom is his second wife. He had me when he was forty. So. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You know, I left when I was 22, so I'm 38 now. So, uh, 
not quite uh, I still the majority of my life has been in Utah but um you know I don't think Coming anybody's up close a real to. person until they're they're 30 I so. I would have to agree I think that's when I'm like oh no I know I know who I am at least I don't know about the world anymore but I at least kind of know what what I am as a person now but people I mean very very much when they find out you're from Utah they kind of that that really influences their thoughts of you and and so you know out there um, in Seattle and and the rest of the world you know I'm the guy from Utah well that's what Mormon but uh, here I mean I very feel very much feel that I'm a Someone from Seattle, Seattle, yeah, visiting kind of a, a a different country. There's also been a lot of a lot of different changes. I mean, uh, you guess the you know that train now. There's there's a lot of a lot of cool cool things are happening. Yeah, Salt Lake's yeah. growing. <laughs> yeah, in my hometown well, Orem, all the orchards are gone. Which yeah, it's all like subdivided now. Subdivided and and. I mean, we're we're um, we're going there tomorrow, and uh, that is that is kind of that's the, where the real ghosts live. And uh, I mean, it's hard for me. There's a Costco now, a Costco and the Costco parking lot. They they come together infrastructure wise, but um, where where the the old kind of wild field used to be uh, that. You know, where I would uh, kiss girls to cricket song. <laughs> and uh, and that's gone. I mean... And now you can just uh, you can about, bulk buy. You think <laughs> about Mormon housewives buying buying uh, bulk hot dogs. Uh, you know, at the spot where I first went to second base, there is a little poetry there. But it's it's real, real different. I mean, I want to come out here more often. It seems like uh, you have... Uh, a, a cool kind of small but but mighty comedy community out here uh looks like the the clubs Keith's bringing in real great acts great. yep um you know now that i have you know now that i'm bookable yeah with my with my minor tv credit my 15 seconds on nbc you know what and, that was, but that's that's awesome and and you know i have that album that I just recorded with a special thing records, and that's a real beautiful label. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, actually, this is my hometown. This is where I should come in and start and and be be well or well just well not start. This is but one of the yeah. places. Uh, you know, I I, sh- I should visit more and 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 headline. But uh, let's see, I'm I'm doing a, a backyard. In two weeks, in two days, yeah. like tomorrow. Can tomorrow. I tell you? Uh, all do you want a list of all the people that have actually done? Barbara Gray just did that. Okay. Uh, like last month, she came mm-hmm. in and did a show there. Uh, Derek Sheen's done it at least one time. Mateen Stewart from L.A. Oh, I love Mateen. Mateen is so great. He, He's oh, you did a show with he, he and uh, he was my feature for for a run of shows that Matt Gupser produced. Yep, exactly. And, 
And uh, Mateen, super cool. I really, I really dig that guy. Yeah, yeah he's a good friend of mine. Uh, ever since, actually, he was the first comic that I booked uh, outside of uh, a local comics on my show, Comedy and Other Opinions. Barbara Gray said, "Hey, I have a friend coming out." And as soon as I met him, I think he he usually comes out at least once, once or twice a year. He and he and Derek we see fairly often. See, I need to be that guy. Um, I need to come out here more often. I need to to get over over whatever <laughs> whatever fear. I mean, most of the people I don't like are are either dead or gone, right? Or maybe not. Or not on your yeah. or not on not on your radar. Facebook or something like and that. It, so no, it's not even that. It's just I think I think really like the the person that I I I, I least like uh, from Utah is is the maybe the person I was. So, yeah, so it's and so I think it's really that fear of coming back here and running into that guy. Um but you know, we're roommates all the time. Yeah. So um so there's that. Yeah. Um but the the very long answer. Um I mean the trip has been nice. You just notice things like decent Mexican food and there's a lot of Mediterranean food out here that seems real, real nice and on the level. And then also just as far as like the hot garbage you can put in your body, man. Holy crap. There's, there's a lot of it. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> stuff. Arby's on every corner, you know, yep. as opposed to a Starbucks in every corner in yep. Seattle. Um, uh, just just giant milkshakes. So I'm pretty lactose intolerant. So like last night, I had the choice to go see this pretty cool music night uh, that was is run by one of the guys I grew up just loving, or uh, stay, drinking a milkshake uh, and staying home and and watching horror movies with my nephew. And I made the bold choice and was like, you know what? I'm not afraid to fart here. So. <laughs> That's what it's a bonding experience. It was it was good. It was What horror movie did you watch? Um oh well we watched we watched a bunch of stuff. So so we kinda kinda you know, we did a sort of a little little sort of film school. So we went or just just stuff that was good. I'm trying to think of everything we watched. We watched a Night of Nights of Bad Astem, uh, which is about a bunch of LARP- LARPers. And metalheads that go out and do some live action role playing, but unfortunately, one of them brings a prop uh, that is an actual magic book, like a Necronomicon style book, and they end up summoning a demon that kills all the LARPers. And it's only through the power of heavy metal and friendship that they. I'm already sold on that. That Peter Dinklage is in it. It. It's it's streaming on Netflix. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, And then you know we went from there to, you know, a lot of it is like, what have you seen? What what is the boy interested in? And so then we decided to uh, to go into uh, sort of a companion piece to that is a great New Zealand film called Deathgasm. That's um, it was on my friend. I was house sitting for a friend, and it was on his queue. He watched it, and then I had talked to a girl at work, and she's like, "You gotta watch it. It's great." Oh yeah, which is you know a bunch of New Zealand metalheads uh, f- start a band in their sh- their shitty town, and uh, but they you know s- 
come across some music that is actually a necromantic song that rips a, you know, turns people into demons, and then through the power of heavy metal and friendship, they save the day. You know, that's sort of that <laughs> that standard. And then, um, then we watched John Wick, and then Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things is great. Yeah, we watched a few episodes of that. I mean, I've seen it. So and John Wick was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. I really... I think we have a negative feeling, negative feelings about Keanu uh, re- until you look into everything he's done. Um, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Well, Bill and Ted's Fantastic. excellent adventure, but he, he also like gives uh, a percentage of his paycheck to the people that work on his, on his films, and he... he he does a lot of charitable works mm-hmm. and he does movies that he's just interested in doing for fun. And then there's a great movie called Manatai Chi that he's I've a heard bad that's guy great. in that he produced so it could happen. And I mean John Wick is is beautiful. Yeah. As far it's real. They're making a second one and I'm yes, hoping that in, he's produ- sti- oh get he's in it then, yeah, right? He's definitely Good. in it. So so and that's um, awesome. Oh, I'm good right now. And there's there's the boy, and Hi. then my my brother, my uh, I believe my I met Carl. your brother at the Salt Lake Comedy Carnival, which was two the years last ago? time yeah. I was here. Yeah, two years ago it was two years ago, um, and I had to cut that short. Both Derek and I. Okay, just in case. Thank you, <laughs> sir. Um, yeah, you guys had to leave. We we left because. Um, for the Seattle auditions for Last Comic Standing. Yes. And, and you know, Christopher was real real understanding about that because I felt bad about having to jet out because um, they t- took really good care of us. I love that festival. It was always it was, very fun. It was real cool, um, real positive. I walked away with a lot of that. But then... Uh, Although, you know, I almost missed my connecting flight. I was super stressed. Um, did you know, Natasha gave you and Derek a ride to the yeah, airport, if did. I remember? Yeah, super in the morning. Yeah. In fact, got us so early, like, the, the airport wasn't even open. <laughs> um, but, like, my connecting flight in, uh, in Denver, like, it was... I got off and then jumped right on, you know. But there was... there was I had, like, a three-minute window. Um and then I came home, uh, you know, and uh, kissed my wife, took a shower, had a little bit of a meltdown in the shower, just anxiety attack, uh, then walked walked to the club in downtown Seattle and uh, auditioned for it. I had two sets prepared. My plan A set, uh, right when they called my name, I forgot, so I went with plan B. And uh, then they were like, oh, yeah, we'll let you know in a few weeks. And the next day, a very nice lady named Carla called me and said, we, we'd like you to, to fly out to L.A. And then kind of did, did the same thing. And then, uh, you know, a few days after auditioning, they called me and invited me to be on the show. 
and then they put the show on hiatus, indefinite hiatus, and released everybody from their contract. And I thought that was the end of the adventure. And then slowly they I got an email to expect an email about a phone call. And then at that point I was on NDA, so I couldn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. And uh, they flew me out. I did the whole thing. I, you know, had had interesting interactions with the judges. Uh, I thought I gave a great set. And who were the I who Roseanne were the judges Barr, that were originally from Utah? Norm Macdonald and uh, it was uh, Keenan Keenan Ivory Way and oh cool and he uh, and. Two of the judges didn't like it or didn't care for it, but uh, one did. Uh, they didn't show any of that. <laughs> um, and had some interesting interactions, but then uh, Norm MacDonald uh, championed me. He felt that, that uh, I should have passed on. I should have advanced, but the thing is it's, 15 seconds they just showed one joke but it was about how beautiful my wife was so i got to tell six six million people that i think it legitimized me to my parents and you know and allowed me to make that transition to uh you know semi-local semi-local headliner to semi-national headliner yeah. sometimes if there's not somebody else available <laughs> and <laughs> so it was a very long story um that i don't think you even asked me no to i did absolutely <laughs> so um but you know what is interesting though is you work really hard you try to do community-based stuff you try to do real neat weird things you try to make yourself a better comic and then it is it is the mainstream stuff the even you know very few people are booking me for my last comic standing segment actually saw me on last comic standing there are a few people that have said hey you know i i i i, I saw you uh i want to see more you know but that interaction um the times I've had it is sometimes if I'm I'm featuring for somebody famous and they're like oh there's a bonus you know yeah. and they'll say like it was great to 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 see more of your stuff but um it's all you know and it's almost can be a little frustrating uh, because you want you want you that beautiful that beautiful thing you do in 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 the basement to 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 be the thing that makes you but you know that gets your friendship that that gets you ready for for the the weird tv stuff yeah so but um i mean and 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 who knows you look at a guy like derek who is in his 40s who in the last couple years have been really kind to him uh you know he's been wanting to be a stand-up since he was a little kid and tried tried and failed a few times and i remember when he kind of emerged on the scene he was real real weird and scary and then he just clicked and he got it and and now he's he's opening up for some of the best guys yep. and then doing awesome tours on himself and 
and has definitely earned everything he's got. And then I've got to do some real nice things too. Um, well, and that's uh, uh, your uh, reputation, like preceded you because I heard your name before ever meeting you because Derek, Billy Anderson, and Aaron Kirby came through on a tour once, and I had asked him about some comic that told me that yeah, well, I do I do stand up comedy in Spokane. And so I was throwing out his name, and they're like, oh, we've never heard of him. The only Mormon comic that, like, the only Mormon person we've ever even known is Emmett Montgomery. And I was like, oh. And then I got to see you perform at the Brunch Show, at the Squatters Brunch Show, which was a really great show. I believe it was you, Derek, Natasha, and then Joker and Jester, the improv Yeah, Jesse Parent, man. Yeah, Jesse Parent is great, is he not? Yeah, he's real cool. I should drop him a line, man. I, I... Long list of people I've wanted to grab lunch to. He's uh, just a fantastic person, such a nice guy. He and I chat back and forth online quite a bit. Yeah, I think he's 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 a good dude. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I get real sad during the summer. Warmth and sunshine bum me out, and I think that explains a lot of my my life here in Utah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I fled to um seattle in the pacific northwest like my cousin was living out there and he was talking about how it had rained for like 90 days straight it was making a record and uh and how people were like openly talking about suicide on the radio you know and it was like it was just a real big bummer and and everyone was huddling indoors and you know, and trying to distract themselves with art and such. I'm like, that's sounds. That's where I need to be. And I had some real great soggy summers, but man, I mean, any climate change denied. Let me tell you how climate change has affected me. Seattle has beautiful summers now, and it fucking sucks. Well, that's I was me. just barely there, and I don't. I don't think it rained at all. I mean, I was there three days, and I don't think it rained. I was hoping for rain, leaving Utah during the summer where it was in the 90s already. I'm like, cool, this is going to be great. And every and then, time it rains out there, uh, just part of me just, just it's like magical. Because, you know, when it rains here, it's really, it's like a blessed event, you know? And and so I farmer's still... farmer's prayers being answered. Yeah, I still have that. I still have that, that, that reaction to the rain, even though like winter rain is, it's just like shit. It's just, like just, sleety and it's it's sheets of cold piss that just and it, it hits you and it's it, with such intent it like hurts and you're like why am I doing this and the sky has been stolen and you start thinking about you know just all that but I mean that's when I function best so it's been I honest I get I my girlfriend and I just barely talked about how the heat gets us more depressed then i was like the winters are fine because i have a i like to stay indoors anyway but i was like in the summer it's still hot even indoors like it i kind of like an overcast yeah so i've i mean i have not i've you know i've done just kind of been kind of tr- trying to put out personal fires and you know i have some some real fun stuff coming up this fall and exciting about my album coming out and all that stuff but it's been when is the when does it release uh end of the year is the plan perfect i mean we're still in 
and post-production post-production yeah so um well congratulations and yeah that's, definitely a, that's looking a beautiful forward to that. beautiful label and you know it started out as that online forum uh a special thing that i think helped build alternative comedy in the aughts and then uh, turned into a community-based label. The two guys that run it are real, real sweethearts. Is it up? In, is it a Seattle it's, base? It, no, no, it's a Los Angeles oh, thing. Cool. I, I got it because at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston, I had done "Put Your Hands Together," which is one of the podcasts they produce uh, with with you know Cameron Esposito. That's such a great podcast. Wow. If you want just straight stand up, and then. Uh, you know, and, and he was editing that, and then I was opening for Baron Vaughn at the SF Sketchfest, and uh, it was the night before Baron was recording his album for a special thing, and he and Ryan and I started talking, and I let him know he was one of my top three label choices, because I'd been approached by a few labels after after last comic, but I didn't... I even, you know, I also attempted to do an independent thing, but I just, I, 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 I didn't feel right with, with them. I was actually getting ready to record an album myself with a pretty amazing local producer, a guy named Eric Blood, who's a real brilliant musician and, and music producer and comedy fan. Um, but it fit, and he came out, and we spent a weekend uh, at uh, Annex Theater, which is where I do my monthly variety show. And it was nice to see everyone who came out. And we did two shows on Saturday. And then uh, we had one and figuring, oh, we got, we got, like, the first show we did was the album, we yeah. thought. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to post, like, something like, hey, wait, you know, like, come to the show, fuckos, you know, yeah. if you love me, you know, something real irreverent and be great. And then, you know, I log on, and the Orlando massacre had happened. And oh. there is a vigil happening right by the theater, and... And then the question was to even have a show because, uh, you know, this community I care about and all, all the stuff. And it just, we decided we we went ahead and we had the show. And because of the nature of the variety show that I essentially just did the half, last half of with my stand-up, we, we were able to to kind of address it in, in honor of the moment. And some people actually, after the vigil ended, came and saw some of my set, and some people didn't come to the show so they could be part of the vigil. But there was something really beautiful and sad, and you think about, why are you doing stand-up? Like, for me, it's to make people feel better. better. Yeah. Even if it's by saying sad things, you know? Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be positive. I think you just have to be human. But, yeah, it was real good. And that kind of was the end of my functionality for the <laughs> summer. <laughs> yeah, that was a, just a... I I remember I was still awake when 
things started hitting Facebook over the Orlando massacre. And it was such a shocking thing that I could not, I, I, I actually saw the news turned my phone off and then I just laid down on my bed and just stared at my ceiling for a while just going when and then and then and then just just all all the shootings and yeah. everything that that is happening um and and just 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 the violence and then you know with this this you know big big uh I even hate hate to say scandal but this 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 big big you know, rape issue with the New York comedy scene, yes. which, which, you know, affects, affects everybody and just, just all this. And, you know, people are like, I don't even know why I'm online. The, the world is horrible. And, but, you know, or the response is, is send me cat pictures, which cats are great, but well, there's other real, real beautiful things. I think it's also the fact that like, we're talking about it and and we're we're trying to change things and i i don't necessarily know if if everything we say is right but um you know the fact that there's this big outrage about how you know just this the 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 permissiveness of 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 rape culture and i mean as a man it's very easy for us to say oh that doesn't happen because we don't see that behavior yeah and I've worked with because it's behind closed doors. It's away from our our sight a lot yeah. of the time. Unless you're ta- you know like unless you're somehow part of it, which then you are. You should be very aware that there is that culture happening. Yeah, and even with like racism, you know, with misogyny and racism, I've worked with people uh, in the twelve years I've done stand up, and you know, been talking talking to people about my experience with working with, with, with these guys and being like, I was great, you know, funny, uh, super thoughtful human beings. And then uh, some people have had completely different, you know, experiences where they've been like, well, that, that guy, he's, he's, he's pretty racist. Yeah. And, you know, and then you say something real dumb, like, well, he's, he's never been a racist around me but then like yeah because you're white it's it's <laughs> yeah it's two beautiful blonde white men hanging out yeah in a, in a car you know if it, he didn't have the opportunity to, yeah to you know and and then you think of you know um you know real real wonderful people uh you know real great you know treat you with respect if you're a man but may be have have some issues with women that don't manifest around you and so you have to take this kind of leap of faith that uh, those those people are telling the truth, and then people will have the argument. But well, what about due process, and uh, what about you know having faith about them? And it's like, well, you know, I tell poop jokes. I'm not yeah. fucking. <laughs> well, and sometimes with the with due process, I'm like, how many times have people been had their cases turned over when they found evidence that disproves i remember uh i remember on npr a few years ago hearing a story about a uh a black guy in the south and he he was a he was arrested for murder and thrown in in prison for murder in prison he studied law 
he read all of these books and was able to over 30, I think it was 30 years, finally was able to overturn his case. But he had to do all the work himself. And so it's just like, well, due process sometimes isn't. Well, then you 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 also have to recognize that, that the system is skewed against yeah. certain, certain exactly. types of people. Um, but then, you know, there are, are false accusations. There's, there's all of that. But, I mean, my big question is, why are you doing comedy? Um, and... I, I would like to think it's it's to make people happy to 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 you know display your particular fil- filter uh, of what's happening in the world you know to 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 use that lens to create content that's valid you know and is it you know is it to make Make people uncomfortable? Is it to, yeah. to walk the room? Is it to to to? Is it for social status and power? Because this is the wrong gig for it. But I mean, those things can be found. Um, I also, I mean, there is this this thing with privilege, which you don't think about having or 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 how how it really manifests. Because I think there's a beautiful. It's really beautiful to think of all comics as this kind of truth-telling underdogs, you know, taking this beautiful road, but uh, the fact is, it's like privilege, whether it be financial or uh, being a member of a privileged class or having connections or, you know, all these things, that stuff helps facilitate comedy. Yes. You know, there are, you. we, we all know that there are guys doing stand-up that people are like, why is this guy the headliner? <laughs> and it's the fact that he's been doing it long enough, he knows everybody, you know, yeah. or he did this, or, or you know, a part of it is, is you know, he has the means to, to travel and do, you know, all that. Um, why is this guy the headliner? Um, is this privilege? And then I think it helps facilitate stand-up, but... I don't think it helps create it or make it good. I think all uh, a lot of really beautiful stand up comes from swimming upstream through fighting for it, Mm -hmm. you know, through, through creating wonderful stuff. And I think that's why so many great voices uh, right now are women, or you just look at adversity in general. If you look at like Tig Notaro, everything she's, gone through she's gone through has kind of transformed her or, or you know really able to, to kind of take that struggle and, and and take that unique voice and and turn it into something you know and loneliness and being different and, and and having to fight for what you love and all this stuff so you have this 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 weird conflict of of but yeah and that helps create the beautiful stand-up but you know and 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 we want we want good stuff happening, right? We want the bar to be raised. Um, but uh, beautiful art doesn't necessarily uh, give you get your gigs. Yeah, I mean, ideally, that's how it works. And I will tell you my experience with Last Comic Standing, uh, Paige Hurwitz and Wanda Sykes. They took a real real strong hand to curation and, and, and you know and I was kind of told 
that their goal was to get voices they hadn't heard before. And they included me as one of those, you know, they, they thought I was doing something different. Uh, that was good. And uh, they chose, I think, 100 beautiful people and only 71 of them got on on stage because there was, you know, on TV because they're yeah. at the point where, you know, they stopped, um, you know, different, different decisions started being made. But uh, I think everybody on that show deserved to be there. And uh, so I think things are getting better. That was a real long ramble. Yeah, but I, I <laughs> well, and uh, you said that uh, you think that some of the the best voices in comedy right now are women, and I would I, I can't disagree with that because some of my favorite comics uh, that I've been able to work with have been, like, Brandy Posey from LA oh. is one of my oh. absolute I like favorite comedians. She just kills me and i got to do three days before with her before she went back to record in la she came out here and did three three dates in a row drove back to la recorded the next day years ago at the san francisco comedy and burrito festival which is a great festival that only happened one year <laughs> at the after it already party, sounds amazing it was real beautiful uh at the after party uh I remember this Facebook status. I'm excited for this okay. story because I've never, I, I haven't ever heard this story and I forgot to ask her the last time she was out here, but I really wanted to hear this story. At the after party, which was also at the place I was staying, a great comic named Kevin O'Shea opened his, his home to too many comics. Uh, Dave Ross was, was my... Uh, Love that guy. He just was at my house the other... Yeah. A couple months ago too. He was my... my, my roommate you know essentially and we both have nightmare nightmare gargles of snores and and uh and man that guy what a what a good dude you yeah know? honestly a very talking about force for good and and so funny he kind that, funny like he and he i talked that, music forever oh, too because we're both punk rock kids just, you know just, i love him to bits um and that's what's something to, to think about is Man, there are a lot of shitbags doing comedy, right? And a lot of gross stuff that happens. But I like to think that there's more dreamboats out there. I, I would have to agree. I think they're getting, I think it's slowly kind of getting weeded out. I, and I, well, fingers crossed that we can yeah. kind of get voices, to that point. Yeah, and the voices, I mean, are, the thing is, though, it's like, you know, some people are screaming and other people are singing a beautiful song. And that screaming is going to be, what people hear and want to focus on, but it's just, you know, you kind of got to just listen to those dream boats. Yeah. Those dream boats singing that beautiful song. Um, but, um, yeah, so we're, we're at this party and it's after the fest. People are very excited. There's some famous people doing cocaine in another room at this party. Uh, people are getting drunk, you know, party San Francisco party. People are sort of showing up. And a bunch of us kind of retreat into the room where Dave and I had been staying, uh, you know, smuggle a case of beer there. And it is me, uh, Dave Child, who is an amazing comedian, also part of the dance troupe Liquid Feet that has gotten somewhat went viral on YouTube. It's him and, and two women that dance to like tv theme songs and do it oh it's so beautiful and they were on a a dance competition show where they lost but everyone loved them you know and he's just this big beautiful man 
uh, Ivan Hernandez, who is a great San Francisco comic, lives in L.A. Uh, and is focusing on writing novels and stuff. Uh, Jesse Elias, who... Do you know Jesse Elias? No. Oh, look up his set on Jimmy Kimmel. This guy has real weird brain. Wonderful. He and his, his kind of partner in crime, Miles K., just uh, got a pilot accepted. Uh, Jesse is in the in the show Love on Netflix. He he he's had the show. Uh, he has a brief role where he's the weird looking dude in the gift shop in like <laughs> one of the episodes. But I uh, love this guy so much. Um, does his own thing, uh, and there is this like animatronic dinosaur meant for children to ride and he's a tiny guy and he turns it on and immediately he's like what is this a dinosaur and he's just riding the dinosaur <laughs> and then somehow the rest of us brandy dave ivan and i form this imaginary jug band <laughs> called jug dread and I'm playing the jug, like, Brandy is on spoons, if I remember. Um, Dave is on, is he on wash tub base or like the, you know, what is that? The washboard? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ivan is actually milking a cow into like a tin pan. To, you know, so you go, you know, so you have yeah. the rhythmic... Okay, and it, almost like a snare keeping yeah, the beat yeah, in the background. You know, um, and we're occasionally we're just having this conversation about all our dreams and hopes, and and occasionally we're just breaking out into jug, <laughs> jug music. And I think out of that, uh, I mean, it's been re really great to see Dave and and Ivan's uh, them doing cool stuff, and um. Jesse, I, I adore and uh, was able to see uh, last year. And any chance I have, we just kind of interact in weird ways. But uh, Brandy is, I think, one of the, the uh, out of that group that I've become closest to. And every time I see her, it's, I just think she's such a force good. But we mm -hmm. became that sort of fun kinship and that sort of and those are the experiences I like and but you have so much opportunity to like get fucked up and then get 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 obsessed with just you know because there's a chance for for actual fame sometimes some of us will make it you yeah. know and and sometimes it's wonderful people like Ron Funches who used to not have anything and now he has a, a lot of success and he's able to take care of his uh of his son with his unique situation and uh and 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 i more functions in the world makes the world a better place you know yeah others of us you know who knows what will happen to us um but brandy just that night, I mean that you know you become blood brothers sometimes yeah. just by by having some beautiful conversation by forming an imaginary jug band. I've thought about it. If I ever do a festival, I'm definitely doing a jug dread re reunion. Oh, yeah, that would be you know, amazing. Or how that would be a perfect tour. And 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 the interesting thing about it, 
I mean, it was just us being fun, creative people that that sort of that night. It's almost like it's it's you know, it's like having a a one night stand that you've never gotten over, except instead with body parts, it's with imagination. Yeah. And that is that is the story of Chuck yeah. Fred. Again. <laughs> I love it. Uh yeah, Brandy is yeah, Brandy's one of my f- favorite comics. I I, I love seeing her do stand up. She's so funny. She's her, smart. She she's one of those she can that album makes a really po- good it's too. so good. It's very good. Opinion it's, Cave. It's so raw. Like it's definitely like and I've heard and she doesn't necessarily land all those jokes in the way she wanted to, but it's such a great portrait of who the person is. Like yeah. like you feel like you're at that show. And I and when kind of figuring out what I wanted my album to be like, I'm like, this is such a great album and I don't want it to be anything you know i want it to be more uh, i want three nights and i want it i want to try to capture like a perfect moment yeah because i mean but just the rawness was of her album was so so beautiful christian spicer's album has almost that same feel yeah. to it too where it's just really a raw rory scoville his first album james adomian is like listen to a conversation with him um you know, and it's it's a good time capsule of where that person is. Uh, but I mean, just and and then just you know, there's real fun, wacky, goofy stuff, and then and brandy like that whole which talking about her breast reduction. And, yeah, and that line the, of thinking about <laughs> she's yep. like the first time she's like I I finally got to to feel my boyfriend's heartbeat with my chest. Yeah. And it's and a beautiful, and it's and like almost thing. tears you yeah, up, man. And, like, cause and her way, just, you know, I think the right combination of poetry and poop jokes. And that's Brandy, Brandy Posey. Yeah. You know? She's fantastic. I actually have met, uh, she has friends who live here. And that's why I, how that even, how those dates even happened is she put out, uh, I saw a Facebook post that she, uh, she posted on Facebook saying, "Hey, LA producers, I'm getting ready to record an album, and it, any please book me on shows." And so I wrote her, knowing in LA she's going to probably at best get like ten minute spots. She might be able to run through ten minutes, and so I wrote her and said, "Hey, I know you have a friend out here that you can probably stay with. If you came out here, I'm pretty sure I could book you three dates in a row and at least get you 25 plus minutes each night." And she was able to do 30, 60, and 60, and then go home and, and record, which uh, which was awesome in her album. I love her album. But then through just that, I ended up meeting her, her friend that she stays with when she's out here, and she's such a sweetheart. And then I met her husband, and now on Saturday, I'm going to a book club with them. So it's just like, it's nice to see how. It can be just that a, friendship can can bring other friendships. A big, and, wonderful, beautiful friendship machine. Yeah, you know? and it's it's, and so I need I need to to take advantage of 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 Utah more. You know, so well in any any time we'd love to have you out here. I mean, Christian Piper has already moved away, but I mean he uh, with his I'm with his Rick. You know what I'm saying? He uh, right away. I will vouch for Emmett. Emmett is ama- an yeah. amazing person. Please yeah, put felt, him I on shows. Like, uh, well, and also, you know, even Andy Gold, who, yeah. who I, I think is, is, is brilliant. So, um, 
he's his stage like his stage presence is a very powerful st- he is and his you know his story and his sobriety yes and his 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 mis- it's just his 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 hate for humanity is real yeah. real loving real yeah. beautiful um and i still remember uh him telling me like because uh he started doing uh weekends at wise guys before like i mean i had opened up for for like marcus and and done some shows here and there but he told me he's like oh no all you have to do is write keith and tell him you're gonna kill yourself (laughs) that was his (laughs) that was his advice and i started laughing he's like i'm not even joking like seriously go home right after the show tonight and tell him that if you don't get on the weekends you're just gonna kill yourself you're just uh it's over for you and that's what he's like. That's what I did. That's what I started doing. <laughs> I just did that. And now, I mean, now he's, uh, you know, one of the premier comics at at the club here, and and he's definitely earned it. I mean, he's put yeah. in his time. Uh, and honestly, coming from uh, being a heroin addict for years to where where he is now is an impressive. It's, it's it's such a uh, like you've just talked about beautiful things. That's a beautiful thing for somebody yeah. to overcome something that's that. His, his debilitating. Yeah, and just the stuff he does. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with with all his material, but but the 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 posts he makes and just his, uh, you know, it's it's he's he's a both disconnected and connected yes <laughs> uh, you know and and it's sometimes you want with stand-up comedy you want to just be lonely together yeah and i think there's a lot of a lot of great comics like that i think louis ck has that where it's 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 you know he, he's kind of telling you why he's miserable and his thoughts and and it's it, you get this feeling like you're like you know what I've never heard that before, but I I totally I agree I feel I it totally that's how I've always felt you yeah. know and I just didn't know it, um, but there's just so many different ways to do it. When I started stand up, there definitely was the illusion of kind of a path, and this is what people want, and this is how you do stand up, and 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 you know set up punchline and 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 this is the formula and hard k sounds and soft p sounds and rules of three and you know and all that stuff i think part of it is valid you know and and you know you always you want to insert a callback here and you want to but yeah you know so many different ways to do it when i started uh talking about my wife and my marriage in a positive way um i was recently married and before i was married and before i i I found uh, my wife kate i was i was kind of the dark weirdo on stage which is you know i was doing okay but then you know i realized that i my cat was my best friend and and i love my wife and and things were okay. They definitely weren't worse. And a guy I'd been opening for for a while was like, oh, nobody wants to hear how great your wife is. Because he would talk about his marriage and be like, oh, you know that bitch yeah. dragging me down. But then she would like come and pick him up. And I remember like 
<laughs> you know, you know, she 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 gave me a ride home uh, one day, and I'm like, I'm like, your broken. wife is amazing. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. And I'm like, why? What do you talk about? And it's like, oh, but you know, because nobody wants to know. You know, the the average Joe doesn't want to. You know, he wants that catharsis, and and I just don't think that's true. No, well, can I like, uh, Brian Posehn and Patton Oswalt have only ever had positive things to really say about their wife they hold their they, they've always held them in such high high regard they've never put them down they've never been the no they're just holding me back and uh i i've always respected that i've always that's always been like well that then you're in a good healthy relate that's good uh, i will tell you though i mean you know, when I see my friends divorce and and process heartbreak and and sometimes that's the most beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um, Aaron Woodall right now is. Oh uh, my goodness. He, uh, I got to uh, feature for him in Winnemucca, Nevada, in the last day of June, and uh, his, <laughs> I hate even be like his material's better, but it's. It's it's heartbreakingly funny. You can feel for him, and you're like, oh shit, and, and it sucks that you're going through that. And I've been divorced, and it sucked. It worked me over, but it also made me a way stronger person. And I worked through that, and now my ex-wife's actually somebody that I consider a very good friend of mine. We're raising a son together, and so it's like we better. We yeah. better have a good relationship because I want my son to to realize that even though things didn't work out, you can get past them and get over them. And uh, also want him to respect women. And so if he sees me shitting on his mom, that bitch just left me. Or any, like I don't ever want him to hear me yeah. put down the person that's taken care of him his whole life and loved him his whole yeah. life. That's the first person that he's going to learn how to respect women. And I think it's important that he sees it come from me first, where I'm like, no, that's your mom. You better treat yeah. her with respect. One of my favorite sets I've ever seen was uh, TV writer Mike Drucker found out he was getting a divorce and then went to a comedy show. Like he had a phone call with his wife and then he went to a comedy show and he did 10 minutes of just super sad. And, <laughs> and he just, you know, and there was a, woman in the front audience he's like will you date me now and it was just it was a moment of just pain and, and beauty and and you know it's i'm not saying it's not there i mean if it, it, it i'm not saying that stuff doesn't work but i think just as as we're shifting and 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 comedy is is you know there was a stereotype of you know stand-up comedian is kind of bad jacket making these jokes and they're almost interchangeable, right? Yeah. And now each stand-up is so different and there's so many different types of voices. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, there's protected spaces for some of these people. There's safe space rooms. There's uh, groups online that are uh, only for women to discuss and stuff. And there's, there's queer you know, queer communities and there's, there's POC rooms and, and, you know, and, and places where maybe you and I aren't going to get on those shows. Yeah. 
It, but, I, I'm not even. I was like, and I'm not the slightest bit offended by that. I, I, it makes me kind of happy that we're getting to a point until the need for those shows stops happening. I will, you know, then I'll I'll be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah when, if we live in a perfect world, yeah. then yeah. When 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 it, you know uh, I'm doing a festival in a few weeks. Oh, few yeah, in a month. Um, I should probably uh, figure out where I'm staying in uh, in New York. The Cinderblock, <laughs> the festival. joys of being a comic. Like oh shit, can someone have a couch? The, a couch. The Cinderblock festival that um, blew everyone's minds. Uh, where Corey Spencer decided to do wage gap pricing. So, uh, I remember straight this. cis white males paid 26 bucks and everybody else paid 20. And I think it was mainly for kind of a diversity initiative and also, um, a point. It a kind of point. filtered through certain people. Like anyone who was offended by that probably wouldn't fit in the festival. And so, you know, I, Gladly pay, paid my $26, and, um... Well, that's even not bad for a festival well, submission fee, honestly. Well, and I have so, yeah. about... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but... You know, just... I, with festivals, I figure if it's a festival I want to see happen, even if I'm not on it, I will pay money for it. And I also... You know, sometimes there's festivals that will 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 pay me to be there. You know, and uh, and even this Cinderblock is being that they're taking pretty good care of me. But it's as far as the shows and opportunities and 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 the people I get to work with. But uh, I get it. I get that that we need to do something to make it better than what it was. And I think things are pretty great. I think TV is killing it, right? The best TV is not even on TV, though. Yes. Like, you know, Netflix like, yep. and various places, you know, and even, you know, and you, you, the, like, there, there's new narratives that you'd never even think about. Um, talking about Stranger Things for a second, um... I'm glad that show came out because now I can tell people what it was like to grow up in Utah. It's yeah, essentially. It, that. Oh man, that's what it's I, hiding in basements playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you know, riding then, your bikes, riding out your bike, the trees, and, and then yeah. and then you know fighting monsters. Yeah, and dealing with a, a shad, shadowy organizations that are <laughs> always listening. You know. Yeah. And it does sum up Utah. <laughs> I, I think what's what's great in that series is like, yeah, like the, the the thing from the other other dimension, you know, is pretty scary. But those man, those bullies and how they can just fly without like being held fly back. so hard without any any uh, any really regulation. Like even the cool teacher is is distant, you know. And that, for me, was the true, true terrifying thing, you know. Yeah. And, um, but maybe that's that's the metaphor. But I think things are getting better, and I think even like you look at right now, you know, the comedy community is is having a lot of discussions about rape and uh, what to do about it and how to talk about it and. 
and the need for change. Um, and then you're, you know, you're looking at, at, at racism and stuff like that. Uh, I think stand up comedy is not sometimes get a rep. Comedians are the worst. Stand up comedy is riddled with misogyny and racism. But the fact is the world is. Yeah. And, uh, what we're doing as comedians is we're amplifying the world we're celebrating and parroting and, and, and making the world, you know, highlighting, hopefully making the world seeing, better. How yeah. we see it. And so... Well, you had such a good post yesterday about what uh, what was... Ah, man, I know it was Jezebel that... the, the Where the actual link it was from, but what was the website? Uh, the actual Reductress. website? Reductress. Which is, 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 you know, it's unapologetically... You know, for their decision to have that whole page of 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 rape jokes written by women, you know, uh, which I think, you know, you just you. I'm not saying rape jokes aren't funny, but you know, pro rape jokes that's real, real ballsy. But yeah. if if you want to address that it has happened and that it is a thing, I think it's definitely something we should talk about. And the way Reductress is doing it uh, is 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 really great. Yes, you know, and um, well, and uh, in in your actual post, you talked about how, like, as comics, it's what we do is we're kind of a lens for that. Where yeah. it's like, do we parody do this? Do we just comment on yeah on it and actually say it for what it is, and, or do and we, we can choose how we want to do it? And and what you know, I think sometimes you want to sort of defend the status quo. This is a good thing to defend it, or this is something that needs to change. Everybody has a right to their opinion, but it always has consequence and influence on things. Um, so I think, you know, for me, I mean, a lot of my stuff is real personal. I talk about yeah. my nightmares. I talk about the relationship with my family, which is really just my wife and the four-legged creatures, <laughs> and, and, you know, my 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 dog, my daughter Donna, and you know, I don't necessarily think I'm a political comic, but you you choose you choose what you put out there. Yeah, like everything we make, we're accountable for it. I also think people can change, though, and then ideas can change. I think about what a what a turd I was in my twenties. Well, that's I even think of when I started doing comedy because I didn't know there were certain things that I was just like, well, I I had no idea I, about I used, this. I use certain words. Yep, and you know, and it's also language well, changes and things get more loaded. And I use, I mean, I used to have. Uh, rape jokes in my bag of tricks and then i remember reading a post it was right when uh right when it guy uh, years ago uh probably three or four years ago maybe more it might be like now five five-ish years ago i remember tess barker making a post about how she's like well if they're not going to if men aren't going to stop telling these jokes because uh it's it's hurtful and it's it's causing harm then maybe we just need to take a different approach and call them hack because it's like oh well you have this joke well so does this person and this person and this person yeah, and this person and this person so and this person and the set like it wasn't like even being called a hack that where i'm like yeah that's just hacky or yeah i, I guess it's a stock maybe 
like a stock premise at that point. The, um, it was her actually, there was some real emotion there where she's like, there are people being that are hurt by this. They don't want to come out and hear this and have this dragged back up again. And you haven't thought about this, have you, Jason? And it was just kind of one of those things that I'm like, you know what? That's not something I want to drag up. Well, I think everything you do, there is a cost. And you wonder, like, if I'm going to say these things, you know, what is, is the cost of it? It's not necessarily that you don't want to offend people. No. But, but, well, you know, I do part have some offensive things. Is, but. Is, do you want, do you want to, is, is what I'm doing, you know, is, is what you're doing on stage, is it going to put people in a place where you can't get them back? Like, even in a very selfish, practical way, as, as just a comedian. And then there is also the fact is, you know, when you're doing these jokes, like, for me, the real argument was not that I had a bunch, but was, I get it. You know, majority of people laughing at these rape jokes, they're not rapists, right? Yeah. But statistically, there could be a rapist or a, somebody with rapey tendencies yes. in the room. And then you tell this joke, and you normalize like, oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's looking at, oh, look at all these dudes. They're just laughing. there with me. They're like, they're just like me. me. Yeah. So, um, and that is like, huh, that's, that's real. Yeah. Real interesting. I am, you know, when, if you do something and then you, you say the phrase, well, you got to learn how to take a joke. You have to consider that maybe you need to learn how to give a joke. Yeah, exactly. That's why I've, <laughs> but it's, but then I've also had, you know, some people come at me about some of my material and, you know, draw the line. I'm like, that's not, that was my intention. That's totally not what I'm doing. And uh, I think, you know, you, <laughs> you heard the joke wrong or, yeah. or you're, that's all on you, buddy, you know, sort of thing. So, uh, but then I, I find myself, I don't know. I think the worst thing that can be said with all these internet discussions and all this stuff, and especially this shit of an election year, some people are saying, you know, nobody's opinion has ever been changed by a Facebook post. And I'm going to say that that's completely 100% wrong. I for agree me. with that. I have, I have, have changed things. I have, have thought about uh, the way I use words. Um, my my attitudes towards certain things, uh, you know, ranging from uh, representation of uh, sex workers yes. in, in in media media and in, in, in realizing the stigma they go through. Uh, you know, the the hookers aren't necessarily a punchline because they're real people and it's a broken system and and all that. Um, my friend Maggie McMuffin, that's her burlesque name. Um, she is also a stripper and does adult films and sex work. And she is currently in Nevada at a legal brothel uh, doing a week there. And she is live blogging the experience. Uh, not the actual Back, experience, but, yeah. but just like when she has a break, she will talk 
about it and her interactions with these guys uh, and and kind of the the systems you know and it, it's 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 been blowing my mind also I had some very strong opinions about escalators uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I still do um, I I believe like a lot of people that you should if you're not going to walk up those stairs, sit on the left and wait and let, and let people walk right up there, you know? And I'm, I was I'm with definitely, you okay, but did not think it was a hot button issue. I post about it. Start getting articles. This is like three in the morning from people about like the, the um, there are reasons why not to walk on an escalator. Why not to do that? Um, First of all, they're steeper than stairs, so it's bad for your knees. It's much more dangerous. Fatalities, fatalities and ac- casualties, accidents have increased from people doing from this. people kind of rushing up and down escalators. You've got some research that now I have to go home and um, read up on. <laughs> here's the thing, though: I still believe that unless it's 100, that, that you should let people walk up there. But I'm not walking up escalators anymore, and uh, and I'm. I am. I am. I don't want to be part of the problem. I still ex- respect people's rights to choose, but I realize that, like engineers, people have designed the best way for escalators is to move people up. You know. Yeah. Just and as you know, way and and so my thoughts, my harsh judgments on how people were using escalators has changed. Because of the internet, and if I can, <laughs> well, if I can change. Speaking, it, yeah. oh, not to cut you, I'll continue no, with this. no, that was just, so. But on a so because we talked about uh, our mutual friend Mateen Stewart. I am an ignorant kid who grew up in Utah, and I like mainly know white Mormon people that live here, and. He's posted things that that have opened my eyes to things that I would have never seen, and so that's I think it's false to be like nobody's going to change any opinions. Nobody, because I'm still learning and I'm still going. Wow, are you kidding me? It's that happened, or this is still happening. One uh, of those, you, yeah. And just also just just you know you just have we just we have these tools of communication that we just don't know quite know how to use and i mean for me too uh so i had the opportunity to open for dave chappelle i got to do four shows with him and it was real cool and he said some things that i different i i definitely did not agree with i i think you know he he has a whole bit about 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 trans people where he talks about how he just doesn't get it um and but he articulated it in such a way that you could see where his process was and that he was trying to understand things and he was recognizing his limitations and trying to interact with the world. And, you know, and there's, there's other comics that have, have done it too, where you can present something in a way like, I don't believe this, you know, I don't agree with what you're saying, but it, there is value to me, me hearing it, yes, you know, um, and even you know, sometimes it can be funny um, if it comes from the right place. 
and you kind of, you know, it helps your process. Um, I think that is all real valid. If you're just, if you put yourself in an echo chamber, which is just really good, easy, it's really easy to do. And I think Utah is, can be an echo yes. chamber. And it can be just two voices. You have, have, have people who, who are, are with it, with the original plan of Utah when Brigham Young got here. They're with it and that's all they want. And then you get people the people fighting against and it's like but then even that like it's almost it's too thing. extreme mm-hmm. you know and and then you know that big bot battle but once you though get out of the 801 realize that the world is full of all different types of people yeah um it gets real hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh cuz you realize that maybe you're believing a false narrative so i don't know um it's, yeah. We were going to talk about tos- toxic masculinity, yeah. but I don't know if we we really did. But I think we've 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 done a, yeah. done a good job. A good maybe job of it. yeah. Kind of I think we somewhat little... talked about it. Yeah. So we we touched upon kind of the yeah. a bit of it. But but uh, I I on a, I I think uh, this was uh, the something. Yeah, I was like it was fantastic because I when I I when I first came in here I was having a rough day. I was like. Ugh. Man, the world, and now uh, honestly, just sitting sitting here in uh, and talking with you has been a, been a fantastic thing. I feel a lot more positive. I think you were you talking about how things are heading uh, are getting better, and I, and and where we're. I think the fact that we're ta- willing to talk about certain well, things. Well, I mean, that- maybe human progress wise, but I mean, let's not uh, <laughs> let's not forget. Say that we're done. No, well, yeah. let's not forget that. Um, you know the last, you know the, the the hottest fifteen years in human record ever have occurred in the last sixteen years, um, and that Dude, you know every that we're all going to die right? in fire. Um, but you know, besides that, besides things that, are things are good. Yeah. yeah, we're good. It's not, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about trash islands if you wanted to, or or the fact that the most. Uh, successful species right now are these toxic jellyfish that seem to be immortal, and then they're they're they're, they're clogging up ocean ways. We can talk about that. Wow! I just I I Humanity, don't, want you, I don't yeah. want you to leave here in a good mood. In a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> I no there there's a lot to be sad about still. So when you get in your car, there's a lot to think about on your drive home. <laughs> yeah. And when you get there, just stare at the wall and keep thinking. <laughs> okay, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. And then yeah. maybe, uh, yeah, maybe uh, we'll come back. Yeah, please do come back. And uh, when you are back, let's definitely get you back on on the podcast, and we'll. Uh, yeah, I just, you know what I, I gave a week and a half notice to coming out. Yeah, so when uh, when you are coming back, though, let's. Uh, hopefully, you your album will be out the next time you're. Yeah. Next time you're down here, shortly after your album comes out, it would be great to to see you get down here and then. I, actually... I definitely, I think I want to do a nationwide release tour. I That'd think be that awesome. will be be the plan for for 2017. Um, you know, if we survive, <laughs> if uh, we make it as a species. But you know, part of me too is is uh, you know looking at what I might I might try to come out in in October just just for a second um, because man, the haunted house. The haunted houses that happen out here are great. Are they not? Oh yeah, some of the best up, actually in the nation. 
Yeah, and I grew up haunted haunted housing out here, and and uh, you know working in them. And uh, one of my best friends from childhood is a professional haunted house man, and it's great to and his kind of his whole family is sort of in the business, and and that is a beautiful that's awesome beautiful Utah experience. Yeah, so kind of uh, that's what I've heard that most of the haunted houses here are actually really top notch. Yeah, and I think, I mean, uh, and that's one of the things, that's one of the stereotypes you deal with when you leave uh, Utah, is people are like, you tell them how great Halloween is in Utah, and uh, they'll be like, really? I didn't even know you were allowed to have Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah well we're not we're not jehovah's witnesses we still yeah. have holidays and i'll and tell you like going to the grocery stores and seeing like the halloween aisles and displays always make me excited yeah so okay well thank you so much thank you so much Emmett. where can people find you uh, uh you know uh my twitter is emmett Fungummery. uh my poorly updated website is emmettmontgomery.com uh i i am fairly active on Facebook, I mean, I have a, uh, you know, I have, I also have fan pages for my various shows and stuff. What there. are the shows that you uh, run up in Seattle, just in case um, anybody's ever up there? I know every Monday I do a show called The Magic Hat, uh, like what you wear, and it is a show where I book a handful of people uh, and. Then we also have hat spots, so people come down and put their name in the hat, and it's not just stand-up, it's storytelling and show-and-tell and characters and songs, and it's become a, it's, it's, there's a special song we sing at the beginning of the show, uh, at the end of the show we usually turn off all the lights uh, in, in the basement, and uh, we do something called Secret Party, where people... We enter a tre- treasure pact called a tontine, where no one is allowed to uh, tell the secrets until everyone is dead except for one person, and they declare secrets to the darkness. Um, we've only had, uh, we've had about five actual crimes confessed to, um, <laughs> but for the most part, it's usually butt stuff. Um, <laughs> And then Which I do, there's no crime there. Uh, well, you uh, know, yeah, well, it depends. depends. Yeah, it depends. Consent, depends guys. Consent. <laughs> Then I have a show called uh, Weird and Awesome with Emmett Montgomery that's uh, this December will be six years. I produced it with my wife. You did that uh, here at the I Comedy d- Carnival. I did one here, and I thought it was a real real fun, weird show. You had Barbara Gray on the show. Yeah, I uh, characters, and we give out prizes. and it was. I a, was running a show the same exact time, and I was <laughs> kind of upset about it. I'm I like, think yeah, it was, shit, yeah. I don't get to see Emmett's show. Uh, and... Um, that's every first Sunday of the month, and then I'll be hosting a series of discussions for the Why This, Why That, Why Now panels uh, at Bumper Shoot. Uh, you know, various festivals. Uh, Bumper Shoot this year, Run the Jewels. Available to you know, and I'm I'm uh, you know available for uh, anything really as a as a comic that doesn't drive. <laughs> I'm up up for unique opportunities, and I've kind of had to make my own way. So, so there. Yeah. Um, 
Well, guys, find out. Oh, uh, also, oh. I, I wrote a really great essay about farts uh, for the opening page of Fart Magazine, uh, which is <laughs> a kind of sword and sorcery comic slash humor articles, a combination of he- heavy metal meets Mad Magazine that my friend Mark Allender is putting together. Um, and so you can look look for that at, at cool comic book stores, hopefully in the next couple months. That's awesome. Fart Magazine. Fart Magazine. Fart Magazine. Guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. Definitely check out Emmett Montgomery. Um, and if you ever see that he is coming into town, check out his shows. Uh, he's very funny. And uh, if you're ever in Seattle, definitely check out one of his shows up there because they sound fantastic. So and I'm hoping to, uh, to be up there before too much longer. Thank you, Sasha, for all your hard work. Guys, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and, or listening or whatever you, you did. Thanks for double-clicking and listening <laughs> uh, to another episode of Stupid Questions on the Earhole Media Network. And thank you to, our, uh, to my producer, Sasha Bloom. He is fantastic. Have a wonderful day, guys. And thank you, Emmett. Thank you.